problem is, is we don't speak in this format for a long time. I was, we were walking in here sometime this week for a meeting and I told your pastor, I said, I hate when there are like 50 topics <laughs> swirling in your head and you're like, could you never look down more? Um, but he did, eventually. Um, my prayer is that always that it will be his words and not mine. And that's important for all of us. Because um, what he has to give is always way better. Um, let's just go before the Lord in prayer and ask him to have his way, not only in the Sunday school hour, not only in here, but that the Lord will richly bless our kids, our teenagers upstairs. It's kind of fun. Owen and I were here studying together last night because he's teaching upstairs and I'm teaching down here. So that was a special moment as a mom. But we want God to have his way. Whatever that is, that he will have free reign all over this building. Amen? We love you, Jesus. We thank you for allowing us to be in your house. Thank you for health and strength in our bodies. Thank you for willing hearts, God, that have found their way to this house to worship you in spirit and in truth and to hear from you. And not only to hear it, God, but to apply it, to walk it out. We praise you, we bless your name, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was actually listening to a younger gentleman, um, the son of a friend, um, preach, and they are in a series, Build the House, and he was going through the chapter of Haggai, and the Lord was like, just take a look. So I was like, okay, this is what it's going to be about. And it is partially. <laughs> he likes to, like, twist me in the wind. He's <laughs> taught me a lot about trust through that process. But in Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, um, it says, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the, Lord house, the Lord's house should be built. Basically, Haggai came to them and said, What are you doing? What's happening with the Lord's house? And they're like, It's not time for that. And the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for is it time for you to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Their paneled houses were a sign that they were, their economy was recovering. And he was pointing to them that they were more concerned with one and not the other. Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Modern version of that is check yourself. <laughs> what he says to me. Now you better check yourself. Consider your ways. When I began to study and read a little bit more about it in the study Bible, I was really stunned at the next paragraph. It said they had returned after 70 years in exile and could finally rebuild the temple in honor to their God. These returned and enthusiastically laid the new foundation with great fanfare. And then the work stopped. Ezra 4.24 says, And for 16 years, not a stone was added to the temple. It's a long time. It's a long time. This was a physical temple, and while some of that may apply, I'd like to shift the focus to our spiritual temples. We are the temple of the Lord. My spirit's been curious, I'm sure yours has too, about what God is doing in this season at Spirit of Grace. He's making it very plain from week to week, but I'm like, so, you know, I'm always like, so beautiful. Like, <laughs> can I see just a little bit? 
as usual, no. <laughs> Just like next week. Or, um, but the journey he has us on, I hope for you, I know for me, for pastor, is a huge lesson in trust, in faith. Um, renewing that knowing that what he says, what he calls us to, he provides for. Um, and I'm thankful for his patience, his grace, and his mercy to constantly remind me that even when you can't see, you can trust. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, those are the same ones. You can't see, but you can trust. Like, it's like, you can't have the candy, but you can have some broccoli. <laughs> but if you, if you travel with him for any length of time, you'll understand that when he asks you to trust, that you can trust him in asking you to trust. Because he's proven himself time and time again. But it's still hard. It's like, but that's not what I asked for. It's like this morning, if you can't have a donut, you can have a carrot. He understands that too. He understands when we get a little disappointed. He's faithfully brought us through a painful time of separation, pain, loss, and questions in the last year and a half. And I'm sure right now it feels like, are we getting ready to enter into all that again? But if he brought us through, we can trust that he's there. He's already there. He's already there, everybody. He's already, he goes, his word says he goes before us. He is already, anything that you can question him about, he's already there. And he'll be there to meet us. He knows what's coming. He's not surprised by anything. And so he can rest assured. We re-entered this house just as we did after the new sanctuary was built. For those of you that were here, those were powerful moments. Um, I remember when we, the very first time we entered, those two doors were open, and we were standing about four feet from them. And Pastor was facing us all. Owen was to my left. And you could feel from inside this sanctuary, it was almost like, oh, oh. like you could feel the way. And I just turned to Owen and I said, do you feel that? And he goes, yes. It was so powerful. And we, when we entered, it was such, um, such an exciting time. And we re-entered after being separated with enthusiasm and joy, so grateful that we could be together in his presence again. The foundation had been laid. And now he's calling us to build this house spiritually. He's challenged our pastor to deliver messages. Sorry, you knew it was going to happen at some point that are difficult to deliver and sometimes to hear. I believe these messages are rattling the very gates of hell. I know they are, because we have felt um, the onslaught and the resistance. It has now not caused fear. It is confirmation. I told him, I said, man, <laughs> First one was like, woo, yeah, submission, boom. <laughs> the enemy would rather us not talk about that. Because if we're submitting ourselves to one another, if we're submitting ourselves in our relationships, if we have things in the proper place, we will hear him and move in him in a whole new realm of liberty and power. When that gets out of whack, so do we. These messages are shaping paradigms 
and reaching to save relationships. Change trajectories, they're redirecting us, reshaping us, reforming us so that we can move into what he's calling us to next if we allow them to. God's not going to break our back. He's not going to bind our hands. He wants us. There's such a powerful sense of his love and urgency. It's like even when he's saying, I need you, you got to get this. You got to get it. It's in love. Even when he's saying, hand it over. When I said weeks ago that he's going to pursue us in a way that he never has because he's not going to put up with what he used to put up with, that wasn't a... It's because of his love for us. Because, he's, because he goes ahead of us, he knows that even that small thing, that small cycle that we go through, the thing that sends us into the depths could take us out. We, we can no longer play with those things. When God points it out and says, this is a detriment to you, this attitude, this stronghold is a detriment to you, and I need you to give it up. He's not doing it just because he wants to be the boss. He's doing it because he loves us, and he sees ahead, and he knows, you know, what that little splinter in your eye can do. Some of the stuff that he's brought to me, I'm like, okay. He's like, no, I really need you to look at it. It's deeper than you know. He's taken me back to in the last five years of my life to deliver me from some things. He's taking me, he has taken me to my past, to moments in my past, to help me understand that's where that comes from. And then this, and then this. And so I want to deliver you from this, so let's talk about it. Because we don't want to talk about it. We're like, I survived it, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, who cares if I came out with a spirit of anger or depression or, you know, I survived it. He's not interested only in survival. He's interested in us being able to thrive and be powerful walking epistles that can be read. Amen? Thriving, thriving. Think about it. It's such a powerful, exciting word. I want to thrive. And sometimes the process of getting to that can be painful. But he's there the whole way. COVID brought to light what was important. A two-edged sword. It's very painful, very destructive. Was possible to be very divisive and dividing. But in this house, God gave a word before we ever got into it, not to look to the right or the left, not to, you guys, so much is protected by us protecting our culture of do not judge. Our opinions are just that. Now the word of God is the word of God. Our opinions are our opinions. And I believe our church survived all of that because we chose to respect everyone's mode of getting through it. Mask, no mask, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. Because I'm telling you, those issues tore churches apart. They made pastors tired to the point that they quit. The sweet side or what the silver lining was that the Lord slowed us down and showed us what was important. We realized that gathering together was such a precious thing and that possibly we had taken it for granted. Whether you really loved being here or not, whether you were in his house every week or not, we all, because it was just a normal 
part of life to be able to gather together. And so when we came back together, we valued that even more. Are we still valuing it? We can't use it as an excuse of, well, you know, God showed me that, you know, downtime is really cool. It was really awesome and I got a lot done. See, before we went into it, the Lord was talking to us about not falling asleep, that we couldn't be lulled to sleep. And so we've got to take, yes, Lord, you showed us what was important. You showed us what was so vital and what was so important to us. And so now, don't let us be lulled into, well, do we really need to be in church that much? Do I really need to be involved in anything during the week? Sunday? I'm good. I got Sunday. Sundays are awesome around here. <laughs> but there's more available, and we need to go for it. This kind of seems like a downer, doesn't it? No. It's not. We were faithful in laying the foundation. We can't afford a 16-year spat. We can't afford 16 months. We can't allow personal gratification or preoccupation with stuff to get in the way to what he's called us to both individually and corporately. So I've come to encourage you. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Woo-hoo! Stop talking about COVID. Like, Lord, I really don't want to talk about COVID at all, if that's okay. Nope. I've come to encourage you, to nudge you, to reignite you. I'm trying to look at the clock. If I do this, I'm just looking at the clock because I'm always run over and I don't want to do that today. The Lord took me to examples in the Bible of those who may have wanted to hit pause, may have had great excuses to do so, but instead they chose, or eventually chose, after some encouragement, I'm sometimes in the eventually chose category, to move ahead. This one thing I know, that within this body of believers, there are many, many callings and gifts. And so I'm calling you out. These examples are not gender specific. If you hear the name of a man in the Bible, it does not mean woman of God, that it does not apply. Because his gifts and callings are for all. They are not gender specific. Specific. They're not. We can convince ourselves, we try to convince ourselves sometimes, no, that's for, or, oh yeah, that's definitely your calling. It's like the Lord's like, <laughs> we like to arm wrestle him sometimes. Is there a Daniel in the house? Will you continue to hold fast and pray even when you're staring into the face of life? Will you trust in the salvation of the Lord? We've got Daniels in this house right now. You're looking at situations that seem impossible. But the word says that our enemy goes about as a roaring lion. He's just noisy. It's true. He's just noisy. But this story shows us that the Lord shut the mouths of the lion. Come on. Yep. Sure. So when you're hearing your enemy roar, as pastor said before, just turn around and tell him, shut up. Just a word we don't like to say in our house because it just sounds crude. So we say shush. <laughs> Just sounds a little soft. Sometimes with the enemy of your soul, you just have to get really real and say, shut your mouth. I'm 
tired of the roaring. I'm tired of the negative. I'm tired of you coming at me with this, that, and the other. I'm tired of you bringing up my past. I'm tired of bringing up my failures, my faults. When I stumbled, hey, I'm still here. I'm still in the game, and I'm still trying. So shut your mouth. And we can't say that to people. But you can say it to the spirit behind it. The enemy, you're sending that. As you know, sending it that way has had an effect on me before. But this time, I'm not dealing with man. I'm dealing with the spirit behind it. And I'm telling the spirit behind it, you better go. Noah, are you willing to resist the temptation to quit even when you're being mocked and ridiculed? Sometimes in your own family? It's easier to fit in, to stay on the, safe, the side of safety. But in fitting in, the Lord brought this like it's like Fitting in and dodging criticism, if that's our goal, that comfort level of everybody loves me. I know, I like it too. I would rather everyone be happy with me <laughs> and love me. But that's just not always the case. Everybody has a personality that rubs them the wrong way. Mine, I'm sure, rubs people the wrong way. She's like, she's always talking. Gosh. Didn't she used to be quiet at some point? Because that person, could they come back? No. No, I'm sorry. Not going back. Not going back. Whoo, Jesus. If fitting in and dodging criticism is our goal, we will usually compromise our character to reach it. We might as well just get it in our heads. We're not going to fit in this world. If you're fitting and you never feel uncomfortable and you never feel awkward and you're never in a situation that you have to say, I'm going to, I'm not supposed to. I have to tell people, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, God told me I'm not supposed to hang out with you. So, I'm going to go. You can just, I'll catch you later, okay? Sometimes what we entertain and what we refuse to deal with. Is the snake that can take us out. And they can look, it can be what we think is a very, really, I've been in situations, you guys, when it seemed very innocent, very love board, and all of a sudden, a statement will be made, and God goes, out, let's go, get the bricks, remove yourself from this situation. Sometimes when we remove ourselves, sometimes we'll do that because he knows we're not brave enough to say anything, and he knows by us staying there and not saying anything, that that group of people will think, well, they agree with me. They didn't say anything. So either let your yay be nay, yay and your nay be nay, or exit the building. You don't want to be in agreement with things that are not of God. We can't afford it. Will you build anyway, Noah? Holding on to the word of the Lord even after everyone is nestled in the ark and you can still hear the voice of those who are laughing and mocking you. You're inside. Everything's inside. You're going to sit for seven more days while the sun shines. Noah, day eight is coming. And even though day eight is going to break your heart because you spent what seems like an eternity trying to prepare people and asking them to get on board. Day eight is coming, and that's gonna be God proving to you that when I say it, I mean it, and my word doesn't return void. Don't be concerned when people are making fun of you and mocking you because they don't understand the journey and the calling. We gotta remember 
who gives the calling, and he's worth every bit of it. Because he was mocked and beaten and ridiculed and abandoned and betrayed and everything. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I wonder if he's like, yeah. So was I. He's not like that. Like, I know, I understand. Just keep pressing forward. Abraham, will you continue to trust the voice of God and be willing to relocate spiritually? Turning away from those who dedicate themselves to the worship of other gods and idols. Guys, other gods and idols are anything that take the place of him can be what, if it zaps your strength so that you can't be in the house of God, if it takes away from your desire to be in the house of God, it's an idol. If it gets in the way of his voice getting through to you, we think, oh, an idol, like, I don't see any golden images much anymore but they are present in our lives. And when God says, remove it, abandon it, melt that puppy down, get rid of it, then we need to do so. Because why? He sees ahead. He knows for each and every one of us, it's different. That's why our relationships are personal. That's why what he may speak to you about, he may not speak to me about, because it may not, it may not be, there are some things that are just, let me just lay this down. There are some things that are black and white in the word of God. Do not. There are other things in our lives that for some will not be a stumbling block, but for some, it can completely knock you off your center. And so when God says, When God says, give it. I was telling the ladies in prayer, I said, you know, like when when your children were young and you were like, okay, come on, let me have it. All right, come on, come on, I'll give you this and give me that. You know that, okay, not going to kill them, but I need it. God's voice is more now like, give it now. Like when your child's getting ready to swallow the quarter or they're getting ready to run out in the street. And you're like, you've got the, like, saving your life voice. Stop! His voice is no longer, you guys. Okay, come on, come on, come on. It's like, right now. Put it in my hand. Because he loves us so much. I'm going to keep it right. He loves us so much. That he's getting very indignant. Give it up. Hand it over. We've got things to do. Maybe he's only talking to me that way. But I know he's not. Because whether you know it or not, when you lead a group of people, you start to pick up on them and you can see them struggle. Like, yeah, not quite really. <laughs> okay, Lord, no. Okay, you can have it, maybe not. And you can feel the heart of God going, yeah, but God is so much better. You don't need that anymore. Because I'm taking you from surviving to thriving. But if you're going to continue to use survival tools and skills that got you through to now, you're going to stay in survival mode. You're just going to repeat the process. He wants us to thrive, you guys. Abraham, will you trust him when he asks you to sacrifice that which is dearest to you? And will you worship when he provides the ram and the thicket? Times we trust him. He brings us through, and we run on, forgetting to build an altar. Yeah. 
You have to stop and worship when he provides. And we have to let the beauty of that trusting relationship and that answer coming propel us into the next thing. If not, we're serving the blessing and not the blesser. And it will create us to be habitual blessing seekers while not recognizing the blesser. And the blesser is where it all happens. It's everything. He's everything. Whether he answers or he doesn't, he's everything. Whether we understand the journey, he's everything. He's faithful even when we don't see and recognize his faithfulness. It doesn't change who he is. Whether we acknowledge it or not, it doesn't change who he is. And he will continue pursuing. Hey, Moses. Are you done with your excuses about your inabilities? <laughs> Go. Because those he calls, he also equips. I was a Moses. I want to speak. I want to sing. I got called up in church from the age of three. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I'm sure it was very convincing. <laughs> and our pastor was the con my whole life. Hey, Trisha, come up and sing. <laughs> I just feel like you kind of tell when he was in that kind of a mood. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> I have a promise with a capital P. I have a great big bundle of three-year-old potentiality. But if you'll listen, you'll hear God's voice, and if you're trying. He'll help you make the right choice. I am a promise to be anything God wants me to be. A little more powerful now than when I was three. We can make a list all day long about why we can't. But God has a longer list of why we should. So... Take my advice. You want to get that up. Joseph, will you be faithful in all things? Will you be faithful to the work in Potiphar's house only to be lied about? Will you allow God to use you even when you are in prison? Will you trust God with the dreams, the journey from the pit to the prison to a seat of high influence in the kingdom? Joseph had quite the journey ups and downs and all over the place. But he trusted God, and God used him mightily. Imagine being thrown in a pit by your brothers. Not many of us would come back from that. Sold into slavery. Talk about um, a self-esteem hit. We don't want you. We don't want you so much. We're going to sell you with the hopes that we never see your face again. But look at what God does when he sees their face. He's the answer to their provision. So don't lose heart. God has a way of turning something completely around in a way that can blow your mind. Our job is to have humility when it happens and still listen to what God wants us to do. Is there a Rahab in the house? This one just hit me. Saw it on a t-shirt, protect like Rahab. Will you protect the things of God and change the trajectory of your own household? 
hard to stand up in your own household when you're the only one seeking after the things of God. Rahab, God sees it. You leave your family, him. Do what he says and he'll use it. Gideon, you're going to trust God even when you're unsure. Even when he decreases your backup from thousands to 300, because somewhere in those thousands, there were those who would try to steal God's glory. I'm going to tell you this right now. I would rather stand alone. The message from God has come very clear. Don't you touch my glory. What I do, I am faithful to perform. Don't, it reminds telling the ladies, it's like the Ark of the Covenant when they reached out to study it. That's the mental picture I get when God says, I will not allow man to touch my glory. It's not about, we're just, we're just vessels. That's it. Valued by God, precious to God, and that's a huge thing. But if we get that turned around where we're like, just be what God used me to do. That's dangerous ground. Dangerous ground. And standing in the way of what God is trying to do trying to usurp it, trying to divide it, being divisive is a dangerous place to be. Because what God is going to do is going to do it even if he has to move you out of the way. And I don't want to have to be moved out of the way. I want to go with him. Like, okay, Lord, where are you going? We can't afford to not listen. And we can't afford to get full of ourselves. Gideon, you'll trust him even when his subtraction leaves you puzzled. His subtraction at, at times in my life has left me like, I was going to say awestruck, but I wasn't really in awe. <laughs> I was kind of like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so... Yeah, you start counting, like, really? So that too? When we came here, we went through a situation like that before we even came. We were, we could feel the pull of God that we were going to have to let go of relationships because he was going to move us. Thankfully, my husband didn't tell me that when I was in the hospital trying to keep my body from delivering to him. God has a sense of humor. I'm in the hospital on steroids to keep him in the cooker. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, Lord, did you just kind of place me there so that when all of that was going on, I wouldn't get all excited about it? I knew change was coming. But I was fighting it. I knew what he was speaking, but I was like, that was the pizza you had last night. That's whatever. Why would he move you now? You've invested all this time. You've helped build something. Why would he take you away from it? That's nonsense. So that's why now I don't want him to have to take it out of my hand. So if you're like this, I encourage you to Here, I'm, I'm going to give it to Because I don't want you to have to get me to that point where I'm like, okay. Well, we came, and many of you heard the story, and I know someone needs to hear this. And it was, even though maybe the church didn't know, it was loss after loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. 
and we would get in our car and come up here, he'd say, honey, let's just go drive through Coon Rapids. I'd say, okay, let's go. And we would hit the city limits, and this peace, wonder, literally, in one of the hardest times in my life, I fought, didn't realize it, but I fought clinical depression during that time. Didn't want to get up, didn't want to shower, didn't want to do anything. I cried myself to sleep at night. I was bound by fear. All the time that God is calling, yep, I did call you a pastor. Are you sure? Because I'm a mess. Well, you give me the mess and keep being obedient and kind of watch what I'll do with that. I'm not just saying things for you to hear. I'm telling you, I've walked it. And I know when he starts putting it all back together, that even what you're, even though maybe in this world, what you're looking at might be less than what you started with. Your spirit man is going, I am rich. Yeah. Full to overflowing. We watched God do so much. Was it easy breezy the whole way? No. There were spiritual battles to be fought. There were strongholds that needed to be torn down. But he was faithful to direct. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I've always been in a church of like 400 or more. What are you doing? I don't know how to do this. Like, I was so afraid I was going to mess up because I was in unfamiliar territory. And he said, I'm going to show you. Guess what? Just love people. And I was like, I literally in church was like, yes, I can do that. God was like, oh, honey, you don't even know yet. <laughs> You have no idea what I'm about to loosen you. And I finally was free to become who he called me to be for the first time in my life. My husband has said many times, I had to learn who she was. Because I was no longer like hold on to his arm when we enter a room, like, I'm not sure. He's like, she's the first one in the room. She's like, hey, what's up? Hi, so great to see you. He's like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to do with all of that. See, you can, a lot of people aren't. But um, God is good. And even though the process sometimes is hard, what he brings you to and the fulfilling of what he does is so beautiful and so powerful and so much more than anything you could have held on to. So Gideon, even when he takes, Gideon just struck me. He just struck me. I was like, oh. Even when he takes your sword and shield and replaces it with an empty pitcher, a torch, and a mighty shout. So who, I wish I could have you raise your hand. Gideon's, I need your attention. Because I know you're in this room. Because God doesn't bring you to a point in your lesson that's like, Whoa, unless someone's going to get hit with it. Gideon, break that picture, shine and shout. Don't question the tools he's giving you. Don't question that, hey, I had a sword and a shield. Like, those are like my preference when I'm going into battle. But God will flip the script so fast. And if we just let him flip it and we go with it, we see his salvation. And we can be like on the front side of, yay, God, that was really cool. That was awesome. Instead of eventually getting there, well, I guess she did do it, God. Being on the front line of, I submit my will to you, Lord, and I'll say yes, because I want to see what you're going to do. 
I want to see it firsthand. I want, I want my mind clear. I told my mom, this devotion book I have for the last, I mean, it's, they're all good, but for the last two months, have been like, boom, boom, boom. And this week, one that I read was, since you were a child, it actually said, girl, because it's a women's devotional, girl, since you were a child, the enemy has tried to torture your mind with strongholds. Don't allow it. So then it behooves us to say, okay, God, how do I allow it? I'm not going to go into that. That's for you to question the Lord and say, how do I allow it? It's when he gives instruction like that, you guys, we got to stop. Not to say, okay, God, I don't allow any strongholds anymore. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we'll revisit that in two weeks. Because <laughs> he knows it's going to come back around. And he's like, will you just sit a minute and talk to me? Because if you ask me, I will tell you this and this and this and this and that. We really cannot afford to allow that stuff. Because it just wastes time. It's a waste of time. 16 years, you guys, 16 years. Fanfare, party, we laid the foundation, yeah, we laid the foundation. <laughs> and then nothing. Makes me sad. Not one stone. Spirit of grace, we can't afford that. The calling of God I know, I know, boot camp doesn't sound fun. I'm sure it's not. Hasn't always been. Some of the stuff you just gotta sit with, like, look, it's like, hey, getting ready to lower the boom. And you're like, oh. okay, I hope we get to shout sometime before we leave. It's heavy. He's like, sit with it. Feel it. Talk to me about it. Where do I need to submit, Lord? Where do I need to change my sight line? What am I looking at? What should I be looking at? What am I listening to? What do I need to block my ears? I sat in prayer meeting the other night and literally put my hand on my head, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my voice, my entire body, and said, Lord, all of it submitted to you. All, don't, don't let me. Don't let me walk outside your will. Don't let me. Because I don't want to waste any time. Because what he's trying to do is palpable. Like you can feel it. Just like we felt when we walked into the sanctuary for the first time. That powerful presence of the Lord moving. I'm like, Lord, was this what it was like in the Holy of Holies? Like was this what, I mean, it was just like... <sighs> And it was just drawing. I feel that same thing now. Like, just let go and let me. There's nothing you could hold on to today that's worth it. Sorry, nothing. I don't care how valuable you think it is. I don't care if, if letting go of your pride is so hard. Let it go. Be willing to be a fool for him. His benefits are way better, I'm telling you. Ruth, trust him even after ruin and loss. When you are encouraged to go back to the former things, let a cry rise up within you. Where you go, I will go. I will follow. I will not retreat to the so-called comfort of the past, even though I'm being encouraged to do so. She's telling me, go back. And I'm saying, no, I'm going with. And that's what we need to be saying to the Lord. Yeah, the past sometimes is real comfortable. 
I know that's why when we came, every time we tried, I'm telling you guys, I need my hands to talk to people more. <laughs> <laughs> and said, if I tied your hands to your chair at work, you wouldn't be able to communicate. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Even when people are telling you, there's some times in the past that, I mean, we were youth ministry. We were powerful in youth ministry. We were powerful assistants. But when he called us to pastor, every time we looked to the past for, well, you know, we should try. First, innocently, we should try. Being recorded, so I can't do that. It was literally like he was like, you know how you don't touch that top? Yep, yep, yep. So sometimes it's a little harder than that. I said no. Yep. Or this would be really effective. I said no. You're going to listen to me, and you're going to follow me, yes. and you're going to do what I say, when I say it, and how I said to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be effective. So we decide, do we continue with that struggle? No, it's a waste of time. Amen. Samuel never stops saying, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Hannah, you are out there trusting and praying. Get ready, because God's getting ready to birth the Samuel for you. Amen. Don't worry about what it sounds like, what it looks like. Don't worry about that someone might think you're drunk. <laughs> Don't worry if other people call you a fool for believing. Because God, when God wants to birth something through you, if you align yourself with him, it's going to happen. But you're going to have to be willing to risk the stuff that people say. Who cares what people say? took me a long time to get to who cares what people say. And the Lord pointed that out for me. That's a stronghold for you. I was like, well, can't be anymore. I don't want to be callous. I don't want to be like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. People don't like it. That's not my attitude at all. But I will not allow man to bind me up. Man's not in charge of me. God is. David, even though man may think you're the last possible choice, Remember, recall the times. Oh, I pray this over people. I'm like, Lord, just like take them back to when they first found you. That joy and that anything, God, I'll do whatever you say. That newfound love, that fresh, oh, I have been searching for this and I found it. And then sometimes we can sit in church for 16 years and forget. And everything's kind of like, yeah, Jesus great. He does some pretty cool stuff. But I pray for him, like, Lord, take him back. Take him back to those moments and let something ignite in their spirit that will set them on fire again. Like when they first found you. Like when I first was filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Like when I first danced in your spirit. Yeah. I used to spike heels, <laughs> run off that platform, and shout and tear up that carpet. Can't say that it's going to happen again in spike heels. <laughs> in fact, we know it won't be spike heels. Because I'm going to live after the shop. David, remember when the oil ran from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Wear that anointing. Hold fast to it. Hold fast to what he's shown you with the lion and the bear. Stand strong with the weapons of sling and smooth stones and let it roar from your innermost being. You come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. You'll have some highs and some lows, David, but remember who you serve. Keep returning to the one who anointed you in the first place. Keep returning, keep returning, keep returning. I messed up, God, but I'm coming back to you. I got out of line, Lord, but I'm coming back to you. I wasn't submitted, Lord, but I'm coming back to you because you are the author. 
He is the author and the finisher of my faith. That means he holds it all. So why would I go to another person? Why would I not come running back to him when he's proven time and time again that his grace is sufficient and that he's willing and able to restore me? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will you endure the fire of the furnace so that someone on the outside will be able to recognize that there is a fourth man loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. Sometimes it's not about us. A lot of times it's not about us. It's about what we are willing to endure so that someone on the outside of us of the situation can say, hey, they're not burning. Now that fire was hot because those soldiers passed out. They died like they couldn't even handle the heat. They're fine. They're walking around. Didn't we bind them before we threw them in the furnace? They're walking around loose. And look, wait, four. The power of the fourth man. We've got a whole world that needs to see the fourth man in the fire. That needs to see that even when you're going through it, even when you're going through it, even when you're going through it, even when you're in danger, even when you're going through it, even when you're going through it, that God has a fourth man. Somebody needs to start looking around for your fourth. Because <laughs> we go out and say, God in the fire, my word is hot. Get your eyes off the fire and start looking for the fourth. Yeah. Esther, you began as an exile, but trust that you cannot remain silent now. For God has called you for such a time as this. Esther, 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 open your mouth. We can't afford to be silent. God has called us for such a time as this. So gentlemen, if you're feeling like an Esther, walk in your Esterness and open your mouth. Paul, continue giving yourself to the building of the kingdom of God. And why God brought me to Titus, I don't know. But he does. Titus, receive the message you are given and be faithful to setting right the things that are lacking. There are many others in the Bible. Guys, we don't get to retire from serving the Lord. <laughs> we don't get to say, well, I've served you for a really long time and now I'm going to sit back Somebody else, some of these youngins can do it. No, nope. I don't care how old you are, it is not over until he says it's over. It's not over until you take your last breath. And really, then it's not even over. It's just really beginning. But your service in the kingdom is not over when you say it's over. So if you say it's over and then you get uncomfortable, because you said it's over, and God did so. The landscaping may change, but our service in the kingdom does not. What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to? What are you doing in me, God? Ask the questions. Where? What? Why it's not always a great, great question, but because you really don't get the answer you want anyway. <laughs> We need to be willing to lay aside our pride and allow him to stir up the gift within us. There are gifts laying dormant right in this house because we're not willing to lay our pride aside. God, they might. I know what I'm talking about. One of these days, it almost happened last week. It's 10.30. But your pastor was preaching. The power of God hit him twice. Woo, it was exciting. My mom was sitting there, and I was sitting there, and so we had to switch. We all went back to our stalls. 
okay, that was nice for a week. Let's go back. <laughs> he was standing right here, and the power of God hit him, and that leg went boom. And we looked at each other, and I said, oh, he's going to go. And I'm like, hold on to my seat, because I'm like, if he goes, God, so do I. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> it's ramping up. Here we go. The lid's going to fly off. And thank you, honey, for holding it. <laughs> but one of these days, sister girl's going to get it over it. And I'm going to enjoy my shout again. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Let's all stand. Don't let this world and religion and blah, 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 blah convince you that, yeah, that was her time. But now we're more dignified. That's a dangerous place to come to because when we become more dignified and full of ourselves and full of pride and we won't move when God tells us to move, we are dying. I want to die. I want to live and live fully. Amen. Are you with me? Let's raise our hands to the Lord and thank him. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity.